Welcome to Design 30. All right, so this is episode three of the Design 30 podcast. My name is Jason Bilyeu, and this is my podcast where we discuss design strategies and tools to improve creativity, innovation, and design confidence in just 30 minutes or less. So today we will be talking about rapid prototyping. Um, so this is a, a skill um, or a tool that you should know about if you are in the design world. Um, it applies to many different um, many different areas. Uh, for example, you could use it for mechanical engineering, obviously. Um, you can use it for even the design and layout of a restaurant. And you can use it to rapidly prototype user interfaces for apps and things like that. So diving right in, uh, my definition of rapid prototyping is the ability to create a functional or cosmetic prototype faster than traditional manufacturing speeds. So what are the traditional manufacturing methods? Uh, So essentially, and this is coming again from a mechanical engineering background, uh, but traditional manufacturing would include CNC machining, which you're looking at four to six weeks uh, for a lead time on that. Uh, You can do sheet metal manufacturing. Um, This is also probably in that four to six week lead time on average, sometimes longer. Uh, You could look at injection molding. Uh, This can take quite a bit longer, um, even on the order of two to four months. And another option would be metal casting. Uh, This is another long lead uh, manufacturing method. Uh, You're looking at two to four months on that as well. Uh, And in many different industries, there are a lot of different ways or different things that you would probably put under this traditional manufacturing um, uh, title. For example, um, one thing I remember learning about in grad school was uh, how to design the layout of restaurants. And what a lot of people do is they just bust out some blueprints and then they go to building it and assume that they designed it well enough in the architecture phase uh, that once they build it, everything's going to work well. It's going to flow well with people in it. Um, So what, well, I can get into this a bit more later, but a way that you would rapid prototype in that situation uh, would actually be to build your layout of your restaurant out of pieces of foam, scrap materials, wood, that kind of thing. Um, So yeah, uh, in the mechanical or uh, mechanical design engineering world, uh, there are quite a few options for rapid prototyping. Uh, These would include 3D printing, uh, which is something that I'm sure by now most people have heard of. Um, It really is quite popular and the cost of 3D printing has been reduced dramatically. Uh, You can buy your own 3D printer at home, put it on your desk, uh, easily for under $200. Uh, You can even buy larger, um, almost not quite manufacturing level printers, but pretty big printers for just a few hundred dollars. And it's it's pretty crazy. Um, I think even Amazon is going to be coming out with their own line 
of 3D printers pretty soon. So the different materials that you often see with 3D printing, uh, if you're doing it at, at home, you're most likely printing with PLA, uh, which is one of the safest uh, materials to print. It's polylactic acid. It's uh, actually even biodegradable. Um, or a lot of people use ABS. And if you use ABS, you want to be a little bit more careful. Uh, if it's, you wouldn't want to print ABS in your room without some sort of, um, some way to filter the air. Uh, there's nanoparticles coming off it, which there's not a ton of studies out. Well, there's more and more studies out on it now. Um, but it's assumed to not be the healthiest thing. So just a, a word of advice there. Uh, but so many companies are offering this service now that you don't really even have to buy your own. Uh, it is nice and it's a lot of fun, um, but there's tons of companies where you can go through and, and get these parts made for in a pretty quick turnaround. Um, you can even start printing in metals. And this is something that I haven't been able to do a lot of, um, but I have done it a few times and it's, it's really quite impressive. Um, I've made parts out of 3D printed titanium. Um, I know you can make it out of some copper alloys. Uh, I think more commonly people use aluminum or stainless steel. Um, but this is something that I would expect to just continue to increase and continue to be more common. Uh, the different shapes that you can 3D print in, you can optimize your geometry. Uh, and again, it's really fast. Uh, so you could go through some shops, 3D printed metal and get it probably in two to three days. So a really cool option for rapid prototyping. So some of the shops that, <clears throat> that I use are essentially online. Um, you can create an account and upload your CAD model just right through their user interface. And it, it's really quite easy. Um, and for these, you're looking at lead times for some of them as quick as two days. Um, Proto Labs is one that they really push this, this, you know, very rapid prototype. And so you can get a machine part, uh, machine same day and ship to you that night. And of course you do have to pay for that, that option, but it's pretty incredible if you're in a bit of a pinch. Another company that is, I think it was actually acquired by Proto Lab is called Rapid. Um, they offer things like sheet metal, and then they also do some higher quantity uh, machine parts uh, for Proto Labs. So, another option there. And when you're in the Proto Labs user interface, you can actually just select uh, whether you want to go through Proto Labs or if you want to go through Rapid. Um, I guess I should also mention there that Proto Labs does offer 3D printing uh, as well of a lot of different materials, and you can even do injection molding prototypes. That's something I haven't done with them, so I'm not sure about lead times on that, but uh, it's something that would probably be significantly faster than traditional injection molding. And finally, a company that I've started using over the last couple of years is called uh, Zometry or Xometry. Uh, and they offer essentially everything. Uh, their business model is set up to where they have this vendor base that they shop all these parts out to essentially. So you go through them, 
Uh, you upload your CAD model to their website, select all your different materials, finishes, things like that. And then they have this huge vendor base where they uh, essentially just shop out that, that part to their vendor base and, and get it made for you. Um, I think the downside here is the lead times are a little bit longer. You're typically looking at two weeks. Um, sometimes they do have an expedite option. Uh, the other downside is you can't actually talk directly to the manufacturer. So you always have to go through Zometry, uh, which makes sense. But sometimes, especially with machine parts, it is really nice to be able to actually talk to the machinist or the machine shop if they have specific questions. Uh, but it is for rapid prototyping. It's supposed to be quick turn. It's supposed to be fast. Um, and so Zometry is a, a really good option. And just to throw it out there, I, I have no affiliation with any of these companies. Um, I'm simply just an impressed customer. I've, I've used them quite a few times now, and it really is uh, a really helpful tool. Uh, it's incredibly fast. For anyone who's worked with some machine shops, especially these days, I mean, you're easily looking at lead times of four to eight months. And when you're trying to go through iterations and new designs, Sorry, not four to eight months, four to eight weeks. Uh, so up to a couple months to get a machine part. Um, so yeah, this really just improves and speeds up your whole your whole design cycle and allows you to prototype uh, much, much quicker uh, than going through some of these traditional uh, manufacturing uh, options. So just real quick. Um, oh, actually first I wanna, discuss a few other options for rapid prototyping, uh, just to make sure I, I don't skip over them. Uh, one is just building these out of scrap materials. I think I might've mentioned in the last episode, uh, what I call a prototype. And this is essentially just finding materials that you have in your house and your lab, wherever you're working and putting stuff together to make a really rough prototype or just a way to test at least one concept of whatever design you're working on. So scrap materials are perfect for this. You can also prototype with your CAD software. Another thing I mentioned, I believe in the last episode, um, this is something I really enjoy doing. Once you get faster and faster with your CAD, you can actually test out all sorts of different ideas and just model them in CAD. That allows you to quickly analyze whether or not you think it's machinable. You can get an idea of its size if you need to compare it to any other CAD models. Um, and essentially just gives you at least a 3D uh, representation uh, of what your design will look like. And then finally, um, you can also build a mock-up in PowerPoint. And this is something that I think would be more useful for someone who's designing an app or a website and you're trying to figure out a user interface. Maybe you wanna get feedback from other people in your company or uh, the customer you're working for, anything like that. Um, so I've seen this work pretty well where you actually build out just a rough uh, user interface, you know, put in some mock buttons in your PowerPoint and use that just to at least get an idea of what the workflow or the flow, uh, the user flow is going to look like as they work through your, through your app or through your website. 
So what are the advantages of using rapid prototyping? Um, number one, it's fast. Uh, that's obviously the biggest advantage. Um, it allows for rapid uh, testing and feedback from yourself and your team. Uh, so this is something that can be really fun. Uh, you can print out a part, bring it to a meeting, get all of your team's feedback on it. You can drop it off on someone's desk. Um, so it is really nice to just get that instant feedback from your team essentially. And it allows you to also build functional prototypes and put it in the hands of your users. And this is something that can be invaluable, especially if you're testing um, just a certain concept, a small part of maybe your overall design. You can print that, build it out of scrap materials, anything like that, and actually get it in the hands of a user and watch them interact with it, get their feedback on it. Like I've mentioned, take a video of them using it and just gain all of this information about that design concept. Or you can do it since it's fast and it doesn't have to be the final design. It can be pretty inexpensive to um, print multiple, uh, multiple prototypes and actually have them test a few concepts at once. And so, uh, Advantage number four is this creates an opportunity for you to fail fast. And I believe we discussed this in the last episode as well, but what does this mean? Um, it allows you to go through concepts quickly and rapidly, get feedback, figure out what's going to work, what's not going to work. So you're not investing a lot of time and money in ideas and designs that really aren't going to make it to the final design down the line or that customers don't, they don't like it. It doesn't work very well. Uh, so it's actually a way to save money. It can cost a little bit more upfront, um, but it'll actually save you money in the long run. And so overall, number five, it accelerates your product development process. Uh, and that's something that anyone who's worked in product development uh, knows if there's any ways to accelerate that process, that's a huge win. Uh, what are some of the disadvantages? Obviously, you're going to get lower tolerance parts. Um, they're just prototype parts, quick turn. Uh, so if you're looking for, if your design requires accuracy and tightly tolerance parts, this these probably aren't going to be a good option. Uh, you can jump the gun. Uh, sometimes you get so excited about an idea, you don't fully think it through, and you just want to run it through the printer and get it in your hands. Um, that can be that can be a waste of time if you're not well thought out on on what you actually want to learn from that prototype, and it can also lead to uh, lazy designs, um, especially 3D printing. I think this is something that uh, a trap that people can fall into. Uh, they think they can just 3D print it. They don't really think through the design. They don't think through the manufacturability because they're just with 3D printing you can almost print anything. Um, so it can. It can lead you to designing something in a bit of a lazy way where you're not fully thinking through the manufacturability of the part. Um, so even though it is fast, it's supposed to be fast paced, I would still recommend making sure that you know exactly what concept you want to test. You're being smart with how you're designing it and thinking through the long-term uh, manufacturing processes. If this is going to be something that you want on your final design, you want to make sure it's actually manufacturable and not crazy expensive when it gets comes to that part. Um, 
And finally, uh, some rapid prototyping can be expensive, like I mentioned. Uh, if you're going through these shops like Proto Labs or Zometry, and you're looking for a quick turnaround, that's where you're really gonna see um, some pretty high prices. Uh, but again, if you do it well and you do it smart, uh, you can save a lot of time and a lot of money on the back end. So it's definitely worth it. Um, so with all that, that's essentially all I have on rapid prototyping. Just a quick overview, some of the advantages, disadvantages, um, I laid out some of the different uh, options you have. Uh, primarily 3D printing is an awesome tool. Uh, you can also 3D print with metal now, which is really cool and really fun. I highly recommend it. And some of the companies you can go through are Proto Labs or Zometry. Um, yeah, and just make sure you're being smart when you're doing the rapid prototyping and you're testing concepts that... Um, need to be tested that you can actually gain useful user feedback and that you're doing it strategically. You're not just randomly buying parts just because they look cool or, or they're fun. It's fun to receive a, a new part. Um, yeah. So at the end of this episode, of course, we're going to have our design 30 discipline. Um, but before I dive into the actual disciplines for the week, I want to give just a little bit more background on why I call it a design 30 discipline. So I have two definitions of discipline I want to read. The first one being uh, a training that corrects, molds, or perfects the mental faculties or moral character. And then the second definition is to impose order upon. And so these are two or the two definitions of discipline that I think are perfect descriptions about why I have these design 30 disciplines at the end of each episode. And this is, it's a practice uh, for training and molding and perfecting your skills within design and your mental abilities, obviously. So that first definition really hits home. And then also one of the things about design that I really love personally is this idea of bringing order out of chaos. So when you're coming up with a new design, you know, you have all of these ideas, there's all these different ways of making it. There's all these different materials. It's a pretty chaotic environment. And then as you work through that design process, you're slowly building order into it, choosing a material, you're choosing a specific form and shape. Um, you're deciding on different applications. So it's a very, by the end, when you have a product that you're ready to release, it's a very ordered um, process, a very ordered product. So, yeah, so that's why I call them my Design 30 Disciplines. And for this week, uh, I've got five more. So let's dive into those. Um, in session one, I would say watch a video on 3D printing. Um, this is, if you're not very familiar with 3D printing, I think it just well, type it into YouTube and see what you find. There's all sorts of cool stuff. And then in session two, I would say go to Proto Labs and Zometry or Xometry's websites and just read through all of their capabilities and get an idea of, are these companies that you're gonna be able to work with in the future? And again, I know this is more uh, 
probably more mechanical heavy, but um, for a lot of people, I think these companies have something to offer. So I would strongly advise going to those websites and just reading through all the different things they offer. And then session three, think through at least three ways that rapid prototyping can help your business or your work. Think about the 3D printing, these quick turn shops I mentioned. Also think about building prototypes yourself. What scraps do you have lying around? Can you use PowerPoint to design your user interface for an app or a website? And I know there's a lot of other, um, a lot of other tools for designing uh, apps, especially in websites. So um, if there are a lot of better options out there for prototyping those, feel free to let me know, um, send me an email. But PowerPoint, I think we all learn how to use PowerPoint and it's actually a really easy and powerful tool. So take advantage of it. And then in session four, I would say build one prototype. Um, this could, if you have a 3d printer, 3d print something. If you have some scraps laying around, put them together into some sort of prototype. Um, yeah, just kind of go through the, go through the motions, go through the process. And I think that will lead to a lot more ideas and give you a good sense of whether or not this is something you actually want to implement at your business. Um, and then in session five, um, plan out some rapid prototyping uh, for your next project. So think through all the different things you're going to need to do in your next project and come up with some way to implement rapid prototyping. Come up with a way to design this simplified product that you can actually get into the hands of your user and get feedback and just, yeah, you can see how that's going to impact your project, speed up your development process. And, and overall, I think it's something that once people do it, they love it and you pretty immediately see the benefits of it. And that's all I have for this week. Um, so I guess to end the episode, don't forget, don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast. Um, and make sure to share it with your friends and family and coworkers. Uh, also subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, I'll be posting, obviously I'll post the episodes up there, but I'll also be posting other videos here and there. Uh, and then sign up for the Design 30 Substack. Uh, this every couple of weeks, I'll be coming out with new writings, new articles there. And so if you sign up, you'll get that directly into your inbox. So. It works. It's actually a pretty sweet, uh, pretty sweet setup with Substack. I don't know who all has tried it yet. It was still pretty new to me, but yeah, I highly recommend it. And look on while you're there, look for all, look for anyone else, see who else you can subscribe to. And then finally, if you are able to support me financially, um, please consider becoming a patron at my Design Thirty Patreon. And that's all I have for this week. So thank you so much for listening. And yeah, tune in next week for more design content. This is Design 30.